welcome to the What I Love About Men podcast. I'm your host, Steph Ganowski. After having multiple negative experiences with men, I started to believe all men were toxic. That is, until a few male strangers challenged my belief completely. This made me realize that a major problem with men in relationships stems from the fact that most men don't really love themselves or pay enough attention to their own strengths. I want to change that. Now I'm on a mission to help men thrive mentally, emotionally, physically, and sexually in their relationships with themselves and with women. So stay tuned and see how my passion can help you as a man. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Men podcast. In today's episode, we're talking about money and it's going to get really uncomfortable. No, I'm just kidding. It's going to be great because I'm going to be giving you guys some awareness tips and hopefully instill some new habits in you by giving you some, uh, let's just put it out there. I'm not a money expert, right? That's not my thing. I'm a relationship expert. That's my thing. That's what I study all day long. That's what I read books on. That's my jam. So when it comes to money and finances, no, I'm not the person to go to to ask for advice, but I do have multiple men and clients as well. My client actually is the one who inspired me to do this episode because he brought up some cool uh, pointers for it. Yeah, I have a lot of guys pretty much telling me, hey, money is such a big factor in relationships. You know, when it comes to myself, I, I feel insecure about, you know, my financial status as a man or maybe it has to do with their dating life where they're like, hey, I don't know if I should be paying, like how many dates should I be paying for to the point where it's just not right or it feels wrong or I feel like I'm being used. And then also in the relationship, when they're in an exclusive relationship, you know, I have men saying or questioning, am I being manipulated for my money? Or how do I know? You know, how do I know if she's using me for my money? And how do I know if this relationship is dying just because of money? And what am I supposed to do about it? So there's a lot of um, aspects of your different identities, how I like to put it, in which money money has a huge interference with how you're living your life. So for instance, those different identities would be, we're going to talk about three today. Number one is self-identity. So how money affects your self-identity, the way you feel about yourself, look at yourself. Number two is your dating identity. So you as a man, when you just go out, you're, you're dating women and you start to have a new type of awareness around money. The third is your relationship identity. So that's when you're in a long-term long term partnership. Your money becomes her money. Her money becomes your money. And it's that, um, it's, it's just that aspect of, okay, now I have a new awareness of money or a new way to look at money because not all of my money is specifically coming from me. I'm sharing this with a partnership. So we're going to talk about these three realms of identity and how you can look at each of them differently and learn from each of them, as well as I'm going to give you three main pointers to focus on with each, the three of them. Okay. So hopefully that wasn't super complicated (laughs) the way I just explained that, but I think you got me. You guys get me by now. If you're listening to this podcast, you know how I roll and how I talk. So hopefully if you're new, you're fucked. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay. Money. Let's start with self-identity. So the first thing The most important thing to learn about money is understanding your belief structure. And if it's a poor belief structure, you have to flip it so that it's a positive one. Okay. Um, A lot of us are raised, 
uh, many of us, myself included, just raised with, oh, do will we have enough? Will I ever have enough? Oh, my friends were able to buy that and I wasn't. Why? We don't have money. Or, you know, me, for me, it was growing up and seeing my mom's bills all over the table and her kind of freaking out a little bit. And that was my interpret, that's like glued in my mind, like that image of my mom being like all these bills and the papers all over because they didn't do electronic billing and <laughs> the 90s. And uh, it was just overwhelming. So it's that overwhelming thought that was placed in my head at a very young age that made me have a belief around money that money's hard to make. We don't have enough money. Money is scary. Money is stressful. Um, look, at bills are everywhere. People, we owe people money. Um, and it was just, it's interesting because I grew up pretty much getting whatever I wanted. Like I, my, my dad did really well. And, um, and it's just interesting to see like how I interpreted money just based on that one image I have in my head for the longevity of, you know, pretty much up until a few years ago in my life. So there's always this one strong interpretation you go with as a child from like one to seven years old. And you're shaped, you shape all your beliefs up until that point. And they're very strong. They're pretty much like, they feel like they're set in stone and you have to work hard to undo them. And we don't realize we have to undo our beliefs that became negative in our life, that we have to flip them. We don't understand that until we are self-aware and are at a stage in our life when we're adults. And like I said, we're very self-aware. Um, and that's the time when we could look at these beliefs and say, oh shit, I don't want to believe this anymore. I'm going to change that because of neuroplasticity. I can change my mindset. I can change my beliefs. I can change the way I interpret things and perceive things. And it's important to understand that the way you perceive your life determines the outcome of your life. Okay. The way you think about money determines whether or not you're going to bring money to you or repel money. The way you think about it. Okay, and this isn't bullshit, bullshit, guys. This isn't bullshit fluff. Okay, there are scientific studies that prove the way we think and the way we perceive relates directly with what we get back and the outcomes we get in our life. So, the number one step, instead of making this entire podcast about money mindset, which would be cool because I love that stuff, first step is to instill positive beliefs about money in yourself if you don't have them already. So what that means is you need to rebrainwash yourself. If you're the if you're the type of guy that feels like, all right, money, money is hard to make, money is stressful, money fucking sucks. Like, why don't I ever have it? Um, why can't I just be rich? Why is money not easy for me? It's easy for other people, but not for me. Why can't I have that? Um, I wish I had money so that my family wasn't struggling. Whatever the thought may be that's negative, that is not abundant and does not align with you feeling like you have money, we need to change that. And we need to get you feeling as though money is easy and money is everywhere. And in literal terms, it really is everywhere. I mean, everywhere you go, there's exchange of currency, right? Like everywhere. It's money is floating at the people, your neighbors, they all have money. They all live in houses that cost money. Like you just sometimes have to look at the literal interpretation of it and say, okay, yeah, money is fucking everywhere and everything in my house costs money, which means I have money because I have things. And it's just starting to look at it from the perspective that you normally don't, that makes it more of you feeling abundant and you feeling like it's everywhere. 
Okay, guys, so the first part of your relationship with money in terms of your self-identity is to have a positive relationship with it. And I want you to think of treating money like you would a partner in a relationship or think of it that way. Maybe think of it that way and treat it that way. So for instance, you know, if you're desperate with a partner and you're like, why can't you stay with me? Why can't you ever do this with me? Why can't you do this? It comes across like you're complaining and you're desperate and that partner wants to leave you because that's annoying. So money's going to leave you if you're desperate for it, okay? Like money never comes to the person who's complaining and is like, why don't I have money? Like I need money so bad. Those people are always broke as fuck. So don't be one of those people, okay? Another thing is to, when it comes to a partnership and looking money, looking at money that way, is to see it as, um, you know, talking shit. Like don't talk shit about money and don't, don't talk down about money or people with money because... it's not going to hang around that way. All right. People who were like, oh, that's for the rich. And that's for, you know, oh, that's why you have that. That's, those are people that compare and complain. They're in victim mode. They're not willing to get up and do something about it or make their own money and work hard. Don't be one of those people. Cause like I said, in, or as it relates to a partnership, if you were to do that with a woman and talk shit about her, she's not going to want to be around you either. All right. So kind of look at it like that. And I want you to ask yourself right now, while we're talking about this, what is your relationship like with money now? If money was a person in your life, how would that relationship be? Would it be more towards the negative side or more towards the positive side? All right. And get clear on why you think that is. You know, for instance, like, like I explained growing up, I have a specific story that made me have a certain belief about money almost my entire life up until a few years ago. So what is your story? What is the story you've told yourself all of these years? Maybe you still have that negative story and you, you need to understand it in order to change it. So I want you to really look back and dig back to, okay, what were my first thoughts about money growing up as a kid? All right? And get awareness around that. And then moving forward, I want you to have some affirmations around money or statements of beliefs that you want to instill in yourself. All right? So affirmations work. They work. Saying something repetitively to yourself in order to instill a new belief in your neurological hardware is what starts a new belief, right? Is repetition and mental rehearsal. And once you have that belief, you start taking different actions, okay? Because our actions are all backed up by what we believe. That's why we do the things we do, because we believe the things we believe. So it starts in the mental framework. And I want you to pay attention to what your mental framework is around money right now and what you need to believe in order to get new actions so that you can have more money in your life. All right. That was number one. Shit, we got a lot to go. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to go a little faster moving forward. Okay. Number two is control your money. Don't let it control you. This is another part of self-identity. When you allow money to control you, That means you don't, you're not aware of your money. You don't know where it is. You don't know where it's going. You're just kind of oblivious. You're just spending things and you're not sure exactly, you know, how much debt you're in. You don't know exactly what's in your bank account. You don't know who owes you money exactly. You don't have anything written down. You don't look at your bank statements. Um, you don't look over your, your credit card statements to make sure you're not being charged for ridiculous things. That happens a lot, guys. Pay attention to this. It happens a lot. You need to be aware of where your money's going. You need to be the master of your money. And you will lose respect for yourself when you allow things to control you that shouldn't be controlling you. 
Okay. So you're going to lack trust in yourself. You're going to lack confidence in yourself. You're going to lack just all the things that make you feel like, like a man, you know, if you are not aware of where, especially where your money is going and how it's being spread around. So get in control of your money and your finances, know exactly what's coming in and what's going out. Always, always 100%. Because once you're in control, then that puts you in the place of attracting more money. Because when when the universe knows you can handle shit, it brings more into your life, right? That always happens. Like think of success, think of really successful people. You know, The Rock. Like he has so much going on in his life, but he shows that he can handle it. Like he takes each thing and just crushes it and just keeps focused, stays disciplined. And because of that focus and discipline, he's able to have more energy, more focus, more time that he can allocate to different things. And then like the universe is like, all right, well, we'll throw you this. Here's another opportunity. You can handle it. You got it. It's the same thing with money. Okay. If you show that you can handle it and you're responsible with it, more will come to you. If you know where you're putting it, more will come to you. It's just, it's how it works. It's how the universe works in motion. All right. Number three, start now. All right. Cause maybe a lot of you are feeling like, oh fuck, like this is overwhelming. I've always been shitty with money. I like have no money right now. I, I thought I would be so much further ahead financially and I'm really not. And it's emasculating. It's embarrassing. It's humiliating. Whatever you're feeling, I get you. I understand. But the most important thing to remember is that you are still alive right now. You have opportunities in front of you, whether you see them right now or not. And you have power to choose from now moving forward. What do I, what do I choose to do? What do I want to do? Do I want to gain control over my money? I don't care if it's $2. I don't care if you have two fucking dollars to your name. You're going to control those $2 from now moving forward. Okay. And that's what it's about. It doesn't matter how much you have. It matters that what you have, you are in control over and you feel good about it. Okay. And that you have a positive relationship with it. That's the most important thing. But by starting now, what I actually mean is start educating yourself. All right. So if you're in a shit place financially and you're not happy and maybe you do feel emasculated or humiliated because you lost your business or you never started the business, you promised yourself you would and you just feel, you know, let down when it comes to money. And so you avoid it and you don't want to talk about it. You don't want to look at it. It's time to look at it, right? It's time to instill new belief patterns and repeat those, those beliefs every single day, at least three a day. And I want you to educate yourself. So two really good books that I recommend you guys read are I Will Teach You To Be Rich by Ramit Sadie. He's, it's an amazing book. By the way, if you buy the second edition, I'm in it. <laughs> it's a really funny story because I read the book. I got out of debt. I was in almost 40K of debt and I got out and I was like 23. No, I was like 24, 25 at the time. And I just like, I, I worked my butt off and used this book to really understand where my money was going and how to pay off debt most efficiently and where to invest it and how to save. And it really just opened my eyes to a new world of finance where I always had this belief growing up, I'm not good at money. So I don't, I don't know anything about money. Like, don't ask me questions about money. I don't know it. And I would, I would avoid it and I would push it off and I wouldn't even want to read books because I was kind of embarrassed of the fact I didn't know and I didn't have a lot of money and 
I was just embarrassed and I kept pushing it away until finally I was like, wait, okay, I have all this debt. I don't fucking want it. I need to get out of it. What am I going to do? So I reached out for help. And that's when I read Ramit's book, I Will Teach You To Be Rich. And I'm going to um, drop a link below for my book recommendations. And this book and the next book I'm going to be talk- telling you guys about will be in there. So like I said, I read this book and it gave me the steps. And I was like, holy shit. Okay, I know exactly what to do now. Wow, this isn't that hard. And I did it. And then I uh, wrote an Amazon review and Ramit ended up putting it in his book. And it was kind of embarrassing. Like I never thought this Amazon review would be in his next book with my name and age. <laughs> just like my full name is just right there. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but if you guys read it, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's kind of embarrassing, but it's funny. Um, so yeah, got to read the book to see. It's very, very good. Uh, it's a great book. So yeah, I recommend all my friends. I had friends and clients who read it too. They all love it. So really check it out. Um, it's a great place to be if you're in need financially. I think everyone, even if you're not, you should read it. Then another book is Dave Ramsey's book, which is Total Money Makeover. Um, and a lot of you probably know Dave Ramsey as a radio show. And his, more, his method is more about getting rid of debt. Like if you're in a lot of debt, then that book is the book you want to read to get out. And it's just really cool because he gives you a lot of testimonials in terms of um, when it comes to his past clients who made 20 to 30K per year and got out of like 100K of debt within like 24 months or less, like 18 months. And it's just these crazy stories of people that took massive action, but they were focused And they took that action because they knew the exact steps to do and they trusted the steps and they worked together as a team and they fucking did it. And there's just really cool stories along the way of the whole book while he's giving you each step in each chapter on how to get out of debt. Um, So it's really cool. And you think that you need to have some crazy good job or you need to have all these skills. You really don't. You just need to know these simple steps that are in this book that he guides you through and hear these testimonials and read their stories and you'll, you'll be like, holy shit, I could do this. Like, so go take care of yourself financially, educate yourself, get in a positive money mindset and get in control of your money. Don't let your money control you. All right. Whew. Getting fired up. I never talk about money. This is exciting. Okay. Okay. Number two, dating and money. So your self-identity mixed with dating and money. How does this go? So I'm just going to, there are a lot of concerns about this. A lot of guys reach out to me um, asking, is she manipulating me? Is she using me for my money? How do I know? Uh, Do I pay on, how many days do I pay for? Or am I supposed to pay for? And if not, I'm a bad guy. So I'm just going to cover these quickly in three, um, just three pointers for you guys, you single guys who are listening to this. So when it comes to paying for the first date, I personally just, being in the space of relationships, women, men, desire, um, gender intelligence, I believe that you should always pay for the first date. I believe that because it is a biological, biologically ingrained in us women to want to feel protected and taken care of by our male partner. And it just feels really good. That's just like a really good first impression, a really good feeling for us to be feel like, to feel like, oh, he took care of it. He took care of it. He didn't even flinch. He just grabbed it and, and put his credit card in and handed it. Oh, that was like, that was sexy. That was good. I feel like he's taking care of me. I feel special. And that's what it's about. It's not like, ha I got his money. <laughs> Double horns come up. Like, it's just, oh, like he, he took care of me tonight. That was really sweet. Wow. 
And you want to think of it that way because I think a lot of you guys think, oh, women just expect my money. And like, we expect to be taken care of and we expect to feel taken care of and we expect to feel special. So that's really like what we're looking for initially from, from a first date. And it's like, usually if we don't feel that way, if we don't feel special or taken care, taken care of by the guy we're with, then we lose a lot of attraction that way. We lose a lot of desire um, to move forward in that relationship. So that's why for this first impression, it is good to just take care of the bill. And if you can't afford it, don't take her to a nice place. You know, I have guys complaining. I spent 50 to 100 bucks on a dinner and I never saw her again. That's your own fault. That's your own fault. So take ownership over that. You could have taken her for ice cream. All right. And if she was like, oh, you only took me for ice cream at first date, fuck you, then that's not the woman you want to be with. <laughs> okay. So it's an easy way to weed out the wrong women by spending five bucks on an ice cream or 10 bucks if you're in California and, <laughs> and then just weed them out so you don't have to deal with her anymore. You don't want to date her anyway. So why does it matter? You know, the right woman is not going to care where you go on the first date as long as it's sweet and romantic and you make her feel special. That's what it's about. So, I think with this second date and moving forward from there, yeah, like definitely if you're into her, pay for it. If you're comfortable, if you're financially comfortable, when you get to the point of not feeling financially comfortable, if she hasn't pitched in or offered by the by the fourth date, you know, maybe say something like you know, um like hey, you want to do you want to split dinner tonight? Go go somewhere and split dinner tonight and just see how she reacts to that. You know, and then most likely if she knows she's going to have to split, she'll pick a place that's good for, you know, that she can afford or that she's comfortable with. And then you can get in the habit of saying, you know, let's split it or just make it, you know, evident that that's going to happen moving forward. And maybe even that's when you get, you know, if she's still with you, that shows like she's not using you for your money. She's still, she's still in it with you. So I think that's a great time later down the road, maybe a few months in to just explain, you know, your financial situation and, and how you feel about it and how you, you know, appreciate splitting things or whatnot, or once in a while, you'd like to take her out and take care of it maybe once a month, just, and then you could talk about that. But in the beginning, I would say cover the first bill, regardless, go to a place you can afford and it won't money. It won't affect you emotionally. If she doesn't see you again after that, and it won't affect you financially. You know, if you're not making money, don't be spending crazy money on a dinner. All right. That makes no sense. That's being financially responsible. Go back to your money, your money mindset affirmations. Okay. Point number two, notice how often money comes up with single women. So this is another concern I get from a lot of single guys where they're like, you know, we just started talking and she's telling me she wants this bag and she wants you know, this and that. And she's, she's talking about my car and like, she keeps talking about it and complimenting my nice car. And she, whatever, it's just money is always floating around in the topic. She's saying she can't afford this. She can't, she wishes she could have this, but she can't afford it. And she's telling you this, get away because she's most likely trying to use you for your money. And women will do this, unfortunately, but, um, but there's a lot of women who don't, okay? So don't have it in the belief that all women want me for my money either. That's a terrible belief. Most women do not, okay? But there are a lot of women that of course do, that you gotta be careful when you when you date and be make sure you're not being manipulated. So just be smart and be aware of how often is the topic of money coming up. You know, is this 
is this feel, does this feel right? Does this feel weird? You know, should I confront her and ask her? Most likely if you do confront and ask her, you may not hear from her again because she'll be like, oh shit, I was caught. Or um, she'll, she'll avoid it, but then still try to manipulate into it. And then you could just leave the relationship if that's, if that's you know, what's going on. So it's just awareness is key. You want to be aware of how often is this coming up? How do I feel about it? What's my gut telling me? All right, your gut is almost always right. Um, and when it comes to being a single guy, taking a woman on dates, do me a favor. Don't take them on shopping sprees as dates. Cause I have some, I heard of some guys doing this and I'm like, the fuck are you doing? Like, stop. She doesn't need a shopping spree. All right. That's not a date. A date is to grab dinner. A date is to go to fucking carnival or something. I don't know. Go to an amusement park, go to a museum. Like, that's that's a date. You don't take her on a shopping spree when you don't know the woman and you're not exclusive with her and you don't even know what her financial patterns are or what her motives are. When you don't know that yet, you don't spend your hard-earned money on a woman who's who you don't just don't do that. Okay? And the only women who would be willing to do this are you know, most likely women who don't value you or don't, you know, if she doesn't know you and she's taking your money for a shopping spree for herself, that's, that's manipulation. Like That doesn't lead to a healthy, sustainable relationship. All right, if you have money to blow and you don't care and you're just in it for the sex or you're just having fun and the, you're cool and you're totally aware that like she doesn't really love you or care about you, then fine, do it. You know, you're a grown-ass man, you could do what you want. But just know that that is not a normal, healthy date to take a woman on when you're trying to really get to know her and see if you can see a future with her and have kids with her. That's not the route you want to go down is what I'm saying. It's not respectful to yourself and she's not respecting you if she takes you up on that when you don't know each other well enough. You know what I mean? So just be aware of how much money comes up. Okay. Is the point. Number three is keep quiet about your wealthy materials, but show an abundant mindset. So in this case, what a lot of guys do, and I get it, you know, you're trying to show that you can provide. I think from a biological standpoint, a lot of guys will talk about their car or take their nice car to pick her up for dinner and talk about their job a lot, which makes how much a year. And you mentioned the price. You mentioned some prices here and there. And guys do this, what I think, as I was saying, as a biological way of trying to impress and show they can protect and provide. But it comes across very insecure when you do this uh, to a woman who sees it and respects you. She's kind of just like, what are you doing? Like, why are you mentioning prices? You don't have to do that, you know? And it's just, you want to also, you want to keep these topics out of mind, you know, talking about your car, your expenses, or the other house you have in in Aruba. Like, you don't have to mention those things on first dates. Don't think of impressing in that way. Impress with your demeanor. Impress her with your character and how you show yourself as valuable in in ways that that attribute to your your talents or your work ethic. You know, you don't don't talk about material things because guys do this way too often and it either attracts women who will manipulate and and latch on to those things and the fact that you take pride in those things so they're going to they're going to try to, you know, get money out of you. 
or it attracts women who just get annoyed by it. And they're like, really, dude, like you're just insecure. I, I can't be with a guy who's this insecure that you have to talk about your, your things all the time. And it's just total turnoff for women who you actually would want to be with. Okay. So it's just, it really doesn't help you. And if you do have a fear or concern that women are using you for your money, then if you have another car you can take, you know, take the less expensive car. If you have a less expensive restaurant you could take her to that you really enjoy, take her there. Don't take her to the one that maybe you can afford, but is super nice because then you're just going to, you're going to constantly question, is she using me for my money or not? And you want to get that thought out of your head. Okay. So just make it as easy for you to not have those topics floating around and for you to just focus on getting to know her and keep money out of it as much as you can. Okay. All right. Relationships and money. So this is with your self-identity and your exclusive relationship and money. So the three points I have around this one, know everything from the start. Okay. Don't get into a serious exclusive relationship with someone and this may be too late for a lot of you, but just it's okay because I have other steps to help you. Don't get into an exclusive relationship with someone unless you know their financial background, you know their money management, you know their money mindset, you know what, what they have coming in, and you know how much debt they're in if they're in debt. This is important because you want to know everything from the start so that there are no secrets that come out and start affecting your way of living or affect the way you feel about each other, knowing that there were secrets. You just want to be open about these conversations because later down the road, maybe you'll have kids and you'll have expenses and you'll need to talk about those expenses. And if you're uncomfortable talking about money with your partner, the more you're going to hide under the rug when it comes to things that are expensive or things you're not sure if you should buy or things you bought, but you're not sure how he would, he or she would feel about it. So it's really just get comfortable as soon as possible talking about money and just talking about it. Talk about it all the time, you know, in a healthy way, not in a way that's like, we need money, but in a way that's like, all right, like, how are we doing? Yeah, we're doing, let's do a weekly check-in. Like, how do you feel about our finances? Um, How do you feel about this? I really would like to invest in it, or I would really like to buy this. What's your take on that? Um, Here's my take. Let's talk about it. And just get comfortable talking and giving each other feedback or opinions based on your purchases, based on the way you're feeling financially, based on your stressors around finance. And the more you do this, the more comfortable you'll be to just, you know, when something comes up, you guys will be on the same team. You'll be on the same page and you'll be able to handle it and not hold secrets and then later resent each other for those secrets or for those financial stressors that your partner put on you. And meanwhile, you were there the whole time, so you could have done something about it, but you didn't because you never got comfortable with these conversations. All right. So this is really on you. Take ownership over the fact you need to get comfortable with these conversations. And if you haven't been having them, then once again, it's not too late. Start now. So there's different ways you can approach it, but just a cold approach of, hey, we never talk about this and it's been concerning me. You know, I listened to this podcast or I read this book and it made me aware that this needs to be in the forefront of my mind and it hasn't been. And maybe this is why I'm so stressed about A, B, and C. So just letting your partner know um, that this is affecting you. And I know that most of the time, um, or a lot of the time, let's say a lot of the time at this point, um, it's the woman who has more of the concern in that way. Men are often the main breadwinner um, when moms are staying at homes with staying at home with kids. Which, holy shit, that's like the hardest job ever. So I don't know how women work and raise children. Go moms. Okay, so 
if you're a man and it's a concern for you, maybe your wife or partner has a bad shopping uh, habit or shopping addiction or something's going on, you need to confront her about it. Okay. And it doesn't mean that you can't afford it. It doesn't mean you're, you're less of a man because you're concerned about finances. This is something that makes you strong. This shows that you're strong when you're trying to get control over something and, and being control of your money. So your money doesn't control you and your relationship because that's what happens to people who get divorced due to money. They allowed money to control them instead of them controlling money as a team. Okay. That's why it leads down that dark tunnel because they didn't have these conversations because these conversations are uncomfortable and they're weird, especially if you don't, if you're not used to talking about this topic, it can be really awkward. And years and years down the road, if you never talk about it and then all of a sudden you bring it up, it's like, holy shit, what, what the fuck? Your partner's getting super defensive and understanding that, yeah, you may get some backlash for it. Yeah. It may not feel good having this conversation, especially if there's poor money habits or poor money management, because we all want to keep doing what we're doing for the most part. Right. And we don't like being called out. It makes us feel defensive. It makes us feel insecure, unsure of ourselves and our habits. So it's just, just know it's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be comfy is what I'm saying. All right. It's not going to be a a snuggle, a snuggle, snuggy. That joke died. But like, but you know, do you remember Snuggies? They were really big for a little amount of time. Of course I had a Snuggie, if you're wondering. All right. So yeah, just understand that it's going to be rough. Understand that it doesn't make you less of a man for you to bring up this conversation. It's a very important topic. All right. All right. Another point I wanted to make is agree to non-negotiable habits. Have set aside time to have non-negotiables like, all right, this is what we should decide what not to spend money on and where to put our money, like no matter what, every month. Like we have to invest this amount every single month. That's a priority. Like think about your priorities with money as a team, okay? Or think of that there's mine, yours, and ours, right? Maybe you have a joint bank account and then you have your own. And then you can have your own money practices. You could do whatever you want with your own money. And then, you know, you have your joint account, which you have rules for where it's like, all right, we're going to spend this on, these are our main priorities in terms of where we put our money, what we do with our money from this joint account. All right. And we both agree on it and we both have to talk to each other before we take a certain amount out of it. Okay. And the last point I want to make is be aware when money becomes a manipulative tool or fear and address it immediately. Okay. Because this can happen where, you know, you, she talks her way into saying something like, yeah, well, you don't, you don't pay enough attention to me this week. Like I'm going to go get a haircut and then, or my hair done. And she kind of translate, kind of takes her emotional pain and attaches it to her using money because of that emotional pain. That's what turns into manipulation and that's a dangerous road. So whenever you catch that being done, okay. And it's not always her manipulating you. Okay. Sometimes Um, you guys are the ones using money as a means of, all right, well, I bring the money home. So I, she gets to get, she gets to get her hair done. So that's my job. Like I'm done. I don't have to listen to this emotional bullshit. No, 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 no. Okay. We don't want to let money get in the way of our emotional needs, especially in a partnership. So always make sure that you don't feel like you are being manipulated. Make sure that your partner doesn't feel manipulated by you, especially when it comes to money, okay? Because there's a lot of fear 
around money. There's a lot of um, concern. And when we don't address these things on a topic such as money that is so powerful and big, that's when it starts controlling us. Okay. When we're, when we address the concerns and when we are aware of everything that's going on in terms of money and our relationship and our belief around it, that's when we put a leash on it and we say, Hey, we're going over here. Hey, we're doing this now. Hey, you're going to go here and here. Hey, I got more of you coming in here. (laughs) Okay. That's when you get control. Okay. Is what I'm saying with such a powerful thing in the, in the world, you want to make sure you have as much control over it in your own life as possible because that's going to bring you the most peace. It's going to bring your marriage and relationship the most peace, okay? And you're going to feel like you're just in a better place because you have control over your finances. And another point too that um, one of my clients mentioned is, let me see, I wrote it down, is the identity component around the fact that we have fear around money can often translate to us feeling unworthy or looking at the wealthy in a negative light, right? So just because we're afraid of money or we're uncertain what to do with it or we feel like we failed with it, we can easily take that and have start a negative feed loop in our brain that says, okay, well, because I sucked, I sucked at money here, I lost my job, for instance, that means I'm a failure with money. That means that I'm not worthy of money. And that means that I can't get it. So whenever, when we, whenever we see someone with it, you're going to be like, oh, well, fuck them. Like they have something that I'm not worthy of getting, right? And it starts this whole other belief system down the, down a road where you will never have money attract to you. And that's not where you want to be. So really pay attention to how you're feeling at money, how you want to feel about it, and bring those practices into your daily life. Okay, the affirmations have statements about money that you want to turn into your new beliefs about money because you need to start somewhere, you need to start now, and you need to get in control over this thing that is constantly trying to control you. All right, but once you get in control of it, it's easy and it's a smooth ride. And the more uplifting thoughts you have about it, the more you'll get in a positive feed- feedback loop, okay, where you'll say, oh, well, when I, when I think good things about money, then I notice good things that happen with money. Like I noticed I got a check in the mail today. It was for 20 bucks, but fuck it. It was a check. It was money. It was coming to me. I didn't even do anything for that. It was my birthday and I just get money. You know, you start noticing things that come to you. You start noticing wealth come to you. You start noticing people who say, Hey, I'm like, I'm looking for someone who could do this job. Do you know anyone? And you're like, I could do that job. Oh shit. Like money just came to me. And it's perspective because going back to it, perspective our perspective on life determines the outcome we get in life. All right? So it's the same with money. The way you look at money determines how much money is going to come into your life. And this is just all perspective. Once again, it's perspective. And it's knowing that you have a way you can look at it. And then there's always another way to look at it. There will always be an upside and a downside to everything. All right? And this is what makes communication so much easier when you understand that, like, hey, have you looked at it this way? And just as with money, it's the same thing in your relationship when it comes to communication. And that's why perspective shifting is such a huge part of my course, the effective communication method, because I want you guys to ingrain this in your minds and really deeply understand it so that you just naturally act from a place that allows you to see a perspective that benefits you and benefits your relationship instead of looking at the dark side or looking at the side that is 
not making you feel good about her or pulling you guys backwards or making you want to fight. That is something I offer to you guys. The Effective Communication Method is my signature course. And I also have a special going on right now for... It's, it's called the COVID special. So I'm doing half hour calls for $50, which I never offer this, um, but I'm offering it now because I had a lot of guys reach out and tell me that money is an issue right now due to COVID. So if you can't invest in the effective communication method, which is a program I obviously highly recommend all of you take at some point, but if you can't do that right now, maybe you just want to hop on a call. You have a situation right now that's really bugging you or you don't know how to communicate it with your partner or maybe with your Maybe you're struggling internally with something and you don't know how to, you don't have anyone to talk to about it or any direction to take because you're just stuck in it. You know, it's hard to take a direction when you're stuck inside something. You could just DM me at Steph Ganowski on Instagram and I'd be happy to schedule it there. Or you can shoot me an email at info at sgdatingcoach.com and I'd be happy to schedule it through there as well. So back to the final message of this episode, you get to choose, you get to choose how you look at money and you get to choose how much wealth you attract into your life. It's all a choice. And when you decide it's not a choice, that's when you play victim and that's when you don't take action on anything that can bring more opportunity and more wealth and abundance into your life. You need to choose and you need to decide that you're worth it. You need to decide that that you can have as much money as you want because you really can, all right? It just starts with the belief system. Everything starts with the belief because those beliefs determine our actions and those actions determine our future right? And the outcome of our future. So remember that and take all of these points into into consideration. I hope they helped you. And yeah, just know that I am always backing you guys up and I'm always here for you. Hope you enjoyed this. Have an amazing morning, evening, or night wherever you are in the world. And I'll talk to you soon.